Welcome to the Sunday session on NRL.com to talk about round 12. My name is Chris Kennedy, doing things a little bit differently this week. Kenny Scott is uh, roaming around off somewhere. I'm joined by uh, 2010 Premiership winner and uh, former New South Wales Origin 5.8, Jamie Stoward. So we thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, it's a big week, isn't it, with, uh, with Origin and the NRL crackdown and feel like we haven't seen each other for a while, so I'm interested to talk a bit of footy. It has been a while. We uh, we thought we'd have the Blues team for the top of the pod, but I think that late injury to Tyson Frizzell's set a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons, so there's been a delay, so we're going to just start straight into uh, the round 12 games, and if the team drops while we're recording, then we'll dive into the New South Wales side as it lands. Uh, final game of the round, though, uh, up in the hunt of the Knights, 18-10 winners over Manly. Um, I was pretty impressed with Newcastle in, in this one, Sowie. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was really hard to watch, to be honest. I uh, felt like Manly, you know, you create your own environment on the road and they probably didn't do that today. Newcastle were desperate, but I found it hard to watch because Newcastle have had those opportunities to do that to teams and scrap and scrape and haven't done it consistently. Uh, and then, I, yeah, to be honest, the refereeing this afternoon wasn't at its best. And I don't think it created a, a fair contest in terms of the lopsidedness with penalties and the sin bins at, at that time and stuff like that. So uh, you put those things together and, and spectacle-wise, the result's close. But as you know and I know that it doesn't always make for a great game if if the result's just because the result's close. So uh, I probably was in and out of it a little bit this afternoon. I found it maybe not the the most extreme sort of game of the year in terms of entertainment, but I found it extremely gripping and just tense with the, the desperation on show late in the contest. Um, Des Hasler, extremely unhappy with the, the referees in his press conference. He mentioned that the lopsided penalty count and six agains. I mean, to be fair, Manly, you know, gave no choice for quite a few of those penalties with, with high tackles, although he mentioned that, you know, there were high tackles both ways and um, Newcastle didn't mm. cut the same sin bins they did. I thought Tavita Furner was yeah. lucky not to be binned for that that high challenge in the first half. So they'll probably... He should, have, he should have been binned. Yeah. He should have been, mate. But the, the, the problem is that, you know, as analysts in the game and people that cover the game, why are we going back 80 metres for something that has yeah. happened in the game a minute ago? You know, we want the game to be faster... They want the game to have left stoppages. But now, two things that I've got out this afternoon. Now, this is, you know, it's your podcast, but two things. We go back 80 metres at the start of the set, you know, to, to give a penalty away of two guys running into collision. What's Marty Tapao supposed to do? That is a collision. He loses a, the collision. And Sofidi yeah. wins it. They play, play on. The referee sees it's, it's play on. And then you've got the bunker coming in. Now, if the bunker can't come in for forward passes, they can't come in for that, right? The second thing is, if you think about how the game's played right now, Tex Hoy gets knocked out. And I, I'm a big believer right now, if the crackdown's for real, if you get knocked out like that and the game stops, you have to leave the field, regardless of if you pass the on-field test from the from the physio or the doctor right because manly lost all momentum there Texoy mm. goes back in the defensive line and they stop the game again so essentially newcastle get three minutes break there to, to get themselves recharged ready for the game now i i just find that confusing as to why that rule is a bit of a loophole at the moment but newcastle they were gutsy you know on the footy side of things no carl ponga um and you know this whole round i think was just affected by every time someone went in to make a tackle uh, oh, is he going to be right for origin? Is he going to be suspended? Is he yeah. going to be fine? You know, so I didn't enjoy that side of it. I, I I wanted the players to go out rip and tear and then, 
you know, if you're lucky enough to get your name called out, that, that's what happens and you, you worry about it later. But now we've, yeah, we've worried about Cam Murray. So I, I just probably not the best weekend. I, I don't think to have a crackdown of origin and stuff like that. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, it is still definitely a work in progress. I thought one of the real positives from the weekend, obviously being Indigenous round, was some of the absolutely stellar performances from some of our Indigenous stars. And for me, uh, Connor Watson in this game really lit up, you know, forced from the forward pack into 5-8 on game day and then forced to finish the game at fullback. He was just everywhere for Newcastle. Yeah, and CK, he's sort of the, the next Tyrone Peachy. He's so good at being that Mr. Fix-It and utility that, he never really gets a chance to excel in, in one position. Uh, and I think that's sometimes hard for that makeup of that Newcastle side with he and Kurt Mann to be able to do that. But I've loved watching Connor's development over the years. He's turned himself into a real tough little bugger that can play in the middle, uh, but he has the skill and the speed to be able to play in the outside back. So um, I, I hope to those guys, as I hope for Tyrone Peachy, that they do find a settled spot. Uh, if it's at 14, he can be the best utility in the game. And I said that, he reminds yep. me of a, of a Craig Wing that has the you know, utensils to be able to play anywhere in the team, but the smarts as well, you know, that doesn't always uh, happen with those utility guys. Yeah, and uh, I thought their their back line's been quite maligned, certainly missing, you know, Heimel, Hunedrick, Lee, these sort of guys. But I thought, you know, Tex Hoy really safe at the back, Star Tower, probably uh, his best game. So, um, you know, Phoenix Crossland, who's very inexperienced, you know, forced into that seven role and his kicking game was quite polished, I thought, for an inexperienced kid. So a few little green shoots there for the Knights. Yeah, and it, it must be hard for Phoenix Crossland because Jake Clifford made the trip down straight away and he's standing there as you walk out and you're knowing that, you yeah. probably only got two or three weeks left and, and you're back to reserve grade. So, um, you know, the, the recruitment of the Newcastle Knights, they had to get a 5-8 if they're going to do anything going forward. And uh, But I've liked Phoenix Crossland. I think he's done a steady job uh, at a forward pack that at times has looked, you know, when they started the year, we th- you know, I didn't have him in my eight because I, I wasn't sold on the six. But, um, yeah, at times they've had a rep pack and then today they played like that. Absolutely. Well, the uh, the earlier Sunday game, uh, I didn't really see this one coming, but 38 points to 10, the, the Sharks over the Titans. I guess the Titans have been pretty leaky in terms of their defense of late, to be fair, but it was certainly a much improved performance uh, from Cronulla. The 200th uh, career game for uh, for Sean Johnson, also for uh, Mitch Rain, who was on the uh, the wrong side of it. But um, yeah, really good performance from the Sharks. Yeah, Titans scored first as well in the first yeah. minute, I think. So yeah, they... I've said it so many times in my power rankings, they are so immature, the Titans. Like, refuse to, you know, nitty-gritty. Like, that. at the times, David Fafita scored two hat-tricks this year, for those people listening. He scored two hat-tricks this year where he looks like the best player in the competition, not just the best back rower. Um, and then they just leak points, they defend. And I think that their season, now looking back, CK, it's done because... Uh, that loss to the Broncos, you, you don't lose those. You don't come back from that. And and they've shown they're going to win some more games. They may, may go on a run, but yeah, you know, the two times they've left, not played in a stadium and they've left, you know, Seabus or, you know, Sydney, they've been resold by, I think, 36-0 Manly and 38-6 today or 42-10 or something like that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm off the Titans. You can have all my stocks if you if you want for the Titans. I can't believe it. I honestly cannot believe a team that finished with so much momentum, the hype around the Gold Coast Titans. Talk about failure to, to deliver. If it wasn't for the Canberra Raiders, the heat would be on the Gold Coast Titans a lot more. 
Yeah. Um, what about the Sharks? We kind of thought they'd self-combusted their own season, you know, getting rid of the coach and then the, the halfback signs elsewhere for, for next year. But, I mean, Johnson and Moylan together in the halves, pretty good combination. They get Mulatalo back from injury. He makes a big difference uh, on the wing. A few of their, their forwards, Tony Rudolph's been um, consistent. You know, Jack Williams is, is finding his form. You know, Will Kennedy's probably been their, their best player um, all year. So starting to turn a bit of a corner, you think, or...? Yeah, I thought last week, you know, if they lost that game to an undermanned Dragons, uh, that was the season done. Now you feel like they get a bit of momentum. They're not going to have any guys in origin. Um, so they're going to have the, the full cattle. Um, they do have a bit of a tough draw coming up. I think they got Penrith, but they get them at the right time through origin. So, look, the Cronulla Sharks, with, with Johnson at the helm, uh, you just feel like they're a bit more of a threat. And that's no disrespect to Chad Townsend. I think he's been fantastic. Uh, when he has the right 5-8 around him. Now, Moylan looked a lot more excited today when they had the mm. ball, and, and that's, a, that's a telling thing for me, CK. So, um, yeah, they're good against the Titans, but, uh, you know, two in a row, maybe things start to happen. I actually said last week, I think that they might go on a bit of a run here and really capitalise through this origin period. And, you know, you get excited, Sean Johnson back, now he's bounced in. Uh, and it was always a danger game because... Those guys played touch footy their whole life, and that's the touch yeah. footy field for nationals. So they know that ground very, very well, uh, and they came out and played like that. But, yeah, the story for me this afternoon isn't the Sharks. It's how bad the Titans were. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting to see how both those teams go in the next few rounds. The Saturday night game between the Roosters and the Raiders, I mean, absolute groundhog day for Canberra, up 10-0 early and then steamrolled 44-16. They finished up on the wrong end of it. And the Roosters, other than probably one or two exceptions this year, despite missing just vast swathes of, of first graders and millions of dollars of salary cap, just keep finding a way. Yeah, you're right. And it's a, a real credit to Trent Robinson and, and the Roosters organisation. You think about Melbourne and how they've been able to get the best out of their fringe players and that next man up mentality. Uh, Penrith haven't gone through that yet. They've been injury relatively injury free. But you now when Kiri went down, we thought season over. Uh, and they were able to, you know, manufacture a few wins here and there, keep themselves in touch. And then, you know, they're down 10-0, Central Coast, Joey Marnie's playing at 5-8, Sam Walker's been rested, Lachlan Lamb has a, a bit of a dicey start. And then, you know, Jared Rea Hargrave, Soy Siwa, Takiaho run for 400 metres, JWH plays 80 minutes, Manu just decides, I want to take over the game. And, and they do that. But, you know, the Raiders, they Something, whatever's gone on in that dressing room that's not footy related in terms of the conversations away from the game. And, you know, that, you know, once you leave the paddock, there's two, for those people that don't know, there's two types of, of conversations. There's footy related and then there's life related. Now, if you can't connect the two these days, it's going to cause problems. And that's what I feel like it's happened at the Raiders is they haven't been able to find the medium for John Bateman firstly. And now, uh, you look at George Williams. Now, regardless of who's in the right or who's in the wrong, I look at the Josh Hodgson, Ricky Stewart situation. I think there's two men, two competitors that are two old school footballers that can go and sit and have a beer and sort it out. And not every kid is like that these days. Yeah, I, I would I would do that. I think that if you've got a problem with the coach and you're man enough to tell him and he's man enough to tell you and, and you work things out over a beer, I think that's that's the way to go. But I'm old school, you're old school as well. Um, but some of the younger players can't handle that. And, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I hope George is okay. It must be awfully yeah. tough. I didn't like going over to England, but it's, it's just derailed this season. And, you know, the, from an analyst point of view, CK, 
they actually looked better the first 10 minutes the other night with Hodgson running the show. Um, the problem is for the Raiders is they're not good this year, so they can't sustain uh, their momentum. And if they lose momentum, they, they fold up like a deck chair. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's been hard to watch the Raiders crumble this year. It has been um, really tough to watch. Just a little bit more on the Roosters before we move on. You touched on the two front rowers who I thought were absolutely um, just mm. impeccable, the Takiaho and, and Hargreaves and, and Manu, who you mentioned. You know, every time he gets a chance in the one or the six, most other clubs he'd be starting there every week. It's only the Roosters where he's, he's stuck in the centres. He is just a footballer. <laughs> like, the tries he scores, he... he... You know, he reminds me, you remember that Munster game he played in Bathurst against Penrith a couple of years ago uh, where he just stole the ball and he scored yeah. a try and just, he just plays footy. And those guys are coming back into the game. We've ached for it for so long. Uh, we want points. We want ball runners and, and, and footballers. But the Cam Munsters, the Reese Walshers, those guys with the game being so fast, they can just go out there and play. And And Joey didn't play to any structure last night. At one stage, he was at fullback and he was at 5'8", and he had that touch for a little skip-out flick pass to Satili Tupanua, and then all of a sudden, he, he in a space of five minutes, the game, after half time, the Raiders didn't come out of the sheds. He stole the ball, scored a try, then put up a kick and thought, oh, it's not the greatest kick. I'll chase it and put myself in the frame and, and comes up with a play like... That is your product of your environment. And if you're doing that stuff day in, day out of training and, you know, the guy, you see how happy the guys were for him that he was doing that kind of stuff. Like that's yeah, pretty cool to watch. Like I was sitting back just going, man, I, I wish I had that talent when I was playing because that is just super talent. And you're right. He'd be starting at, at other clubs. So uh, it was fantastic to sit down and watch last night and he got supported by his other senior players. And I think, He's just wrapping up the Roosters, CK. Trent Robinson challenged his senior players after last week. They were poor last week against the Brisbane Broncos. They were loose in defence. Uh, they let the, the emotion get to them uh, about the Victor Radley stuff, and they were poor. You look at the senior players last night, Takiaho, JWH, uh, James Tedesco, and then also Joe Manu, all stood up, all could have been the best player in the field. Uh, and then you know, everyone else followed and, and fell into line. So it was a huge win for the club. And just speaking of talent, Joseph Sawali with his first try and try assist in the NRL. So uh, wonderful signs there as well. Um, the previous he's got, Saturday, some, he's got yeah. some good touches. He's just yeah. going to, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, um, we were just briefly talking. He just needs to get a little bit busier at the back end of the field. But then I'm like, I mean, he's 17. I, yeah. I was like, I can't believe how good he's going to be. And, and you pair him with Sam Walker, the Roosters just reset and go again. Yeah, it's uh, danger signs for the rest of the competition. The earlier Saturday game, South 38 points to 20 over the Eels, who I think 20 line breaks in the past fortnight they've conceded. They they switched Wonga Blake uh, around. Uh, Wonga Blake's side uh, it remained the right side in both games. That was the issue even after they moved Wonga Blake. But 20 line breaks, just an absolute schmozzle on that edge at the moment. Yeah, and it was the game for me. It was the game of the round, obviously, but it was a game for me that, both teams needed and both teams needed to win because South had been embarrassed the last month, uh, two 50 point losses. Yeah. You know, Penrith put the cleanest from like it was reserve grade and they needed to bounce back and be stout defensively. Now, did they do that? Yes. Parramatta got one late, um, but Parramatta, man, when the cage is rocked, like, yeah, there's, there's when the going's great for Parry, it's great. You know, buy your grand final tickets, but when someone sort of punches them in the mouth, 
you know, they throw they they throw the first punch, and if you if you absorb that punch and throw one back, the proof's in the pudding. They yeah. they just they crumble. Yeah, you know, they they have had a couple of times this year when we played them the Dragons. You know, we felt like um, we wanted to start really fast because they start really fast and get their momentum through their forwards. And if you can match that, you know, you put yourself in the contest. Now that everyone will say, well, that's what happens in every game. Well, Parramatta top load their starts so fast. They're the best starters in the NRL in terms of fast start. Get a try, right? I bang the lights are going on and off at Bank West. How good's this? Yep, high five and Moses kicked it from the sideline. If it's nil all after 10 minutes, they sort of start to look around a little bit. And I don't think they've ever worked out their attacking structure of how they want to get to a point on the field. Moses is so ad lib at stages. And oh, it was a perfect game for both of them going into origin because both could have made a statement to the competition, especially Parramatta after losing the way that they did last week to Manly on such a big day at home. Uh, but yeah, I, if anything, it just confirmed that we're heading towards a Melbourne Penrith grand final. Yeah. I mean, it was a, about this time last year, the wheels started to come off for, for Parramatta as well. And just real struggles against the, the top few teams in the comp um, once again, but on South, you mentioned embarrassed last week, 50 points against Penrith. They would have been stinging. Wayne wouldn't have been happy. Um, a great response to them. Cody Walker and Alex Johnston and Dane Gagai on that left edge, just absolutely running a mark. And then, um, you know, forwards all pretty good, laid the platform, young Colin Matungi going from strength to strength. So, um, you know, they've, they've turned around He's pretty a blue. quick. He's a blue New South Wales player. Sure is. Played, he's going to play uh, Origin. 18's Origin or 20's Origin for New South Wales already? Yeah, but so Benji Marshall. Um, <laughs> uh, um, he, I like Keon Kolomatangi. I think that he's got that bit of footwork. Uh, I watched him a couple of years ago in the reserve grade and just looked a little bit underdone. I think he'd had an injury and was coming back through the middle. But on an edge, he's been physical, gets through plenty of work and is, is real good foil on that left-hand side. And you've got to be smart to be keep running the right lines on that left-hand side for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, they've got attack. We, we know that. But I, you can't – I can't un, you know, I can't get the wide out and, and cross and take out the red line through them. They, I, I, they can't win it. They can't yeah. win it because psychologically and just mentally, conceding 50 points twice. It's never been done once, let alone twice in, mm. in four weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean – the thing with South Sydney, the only way that they, I mean, if you're playing devil's advocate here, the only way that they could win it is if they just got red hot attack wise, came out first set and went bang, try. But Penrith aren't going to give you that. Melbourne aren't going to give you that. So if they, if they somehow got it and you went 10 nil in front, maybe it snowballs, but that's a long way off from what we saw over the last month. Absolutely. The uh, earlier Saturday game, Penrith 30 points to four over Canterbury. Panthers were up 4-0 after about 38, 39 mm. minutes. Um, this is a weird one for me. I mean, Penrith, what's that, 12-0 and now, the third team in the history of Premiership Rugby League to, to win their first 12 games. I mean, you tell me, did Penrith have a down game or did the Dogs, did they, did they play well because the Dogs gave it to them and they still were able to put 30 on them? What did you make of this one? Um. Yeah, a lot of talk during the week about the start and how big you know they're going to win. And, and when those games happen, I don't care who it is, you know the the team that week. There's someone in the team that's thinking, "I'm going to score two or three here." You know, it's going to be easy. Um, and then you get out there and, and things don't always go right. But I think they were just in cruise control. Let's, uh, you know, the message from Ivan Cleary might have been, 
let's go out there. Let's be you know, good at what we do, which is running hard, kick chase, be disciplined and all everything that we value, but we don't have to show them everything this afternoon. We don't have to try and come out with plays and, and blow the score. We're not out here to please the fans by winning 60 nil. If we win 20 nil, great, but let's not give up anything on our line. And they didn't uh, right until the end through shot. But uh, yeah, I think that's, they're tough games to play in mate, because everyone wants you to win by 50 and you start overthinking it, overplaying your hand, and all of a sudden it's only 4 0. They were professional. That's what I call that. Yep. Uh, that's about all we need to say about that one. The uh, the second Friday night game, uh, Tigers 34 to 18 winners over your Dragons, Sowie. Second time um, down to the, the Tigers this year. A bit of a frustrating one for the Red V. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in a bit of a, a rough patch at the moment in terms of obviously staff and. Yeah, you know, we're not as probably deep as, as a team like the Roosters. And, you know, they've been doing it for years. We're still learning a lot about ourselves. And, um, you yeah, know, we've, we've missed some of those guys. You talk about Josh McGuire. I mean, Josh Kerr's been fantastic on an edge. We missed him. Uh, we've missed, you know, Matt Dufty and his excitement around the ball. And Cody Ramsey's still learning how to play fullback. So, um, you know, I think if you win that game last week, CK, against the Sharks, you probably win Friday night because... The house is up, you know, you're rocking, you've done it, you know, boys, we can do this, you know, regardless of who's out here. And then, you know, now we sort of fell back into some old habits on Friday night, but not to take anything away from Tigers. The frustrating thing for the bottom half of the eight or, or the bottom 10 teams, I would say, is that you can't catch them. You cannot catch them. Like, you know, they're, they're similar to the Titans. Um, you know, have had amazing performances, looked really silky, you know, Dewey, Embi, Brooks, but then you think about some of the performances they've put in. And, you know, that's the danger part coming up for this middle part of the season. Speaking from the Dragons' point of view is we've got to be careful we don't fall back into old habits and, and ruin the opportunity that we've given ourselves by learning how to play tough and gritty at the start of the year and, and compromising those values. So, um, but the Tigers, yeah, that they, they were great the other night. You know, Dane Laurie looks like he's going to be a superstar um, yeah, their forwards worked really hard. I like Joel Garner on an edge. Uh, you know, so yeah, they looked really good. I mean, the Tigers, their best games are really good, but they don't do it often enough and they never do it two weeks in a row. It must be infuriating for fans looking at that and going, where is that every week? <laughs> well, it must be infuriating for the uh, players, managing <laughs> players, for players, for fans, everyone, because you know, this is why it's called the roller coaster. And you get in after a win like that and you're looking around the dressing room, you're having a beer and you're thinking, man, that was really good, CK. You know, that was great. Yeah. And then someone pipes up and says, yeah, why didn't we do that last week? Yeah, why didn't we come out with that excitement and buzz and, and play all that last week? Oh, yeah, well, we did it at Magic Round. Yeah, but what did we do at Magic Round? You just don't overthink things. Put your boots on, go out there, compete really hard. And the way the game's going at the moment, if you compete really hard and come up with your last play options, and I thought Brooks was outstanding the other night, yeah. he, you're going to put yourself in a position to score tries, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, are you happy with that, you know, Dewey out to the centres, Embi and Brooks in the, the halves? It seems to have worked for, for Brooks, if nothing mm. else. Yeah, I think it's a it's the last chance saloon for Brooks. Um, you know, they needed to see whether he can control the team. Dewey was their best, well, has been their best player uh, all year, but throwing him out there, there's a little bit of X factor out there. He's got that big body. Uh, but, yeah, I think Brooks has, has shown enough to say that he wants the reins, but they haven't done it again against anyone good yet in terms of, you know, a big gun. And, and a lot of those teams haven't. So it's hard to judge 
you know, what that's going to look like when you can't like the, you talk about the Sharks and Sean Johnson and you know, what does it look like against Penrith? What does it look like against Melbourne? You know, it's, it's great to beat up on the Titans who give 50 away every second week or 30 away every second week. Penrith, they don't give you that. So that's, that's the real litmus test for all these teams. Can they do it? When you touched on the roller coaster, the early Friday game was a hell of a roller coaster. The uh, Cowboys 29 28 over the Warriors uh, at the final siren. Some massive momentum swings in this game. There were times when I thought one team was all over it and the other team was no chance. Then it flipped around, then it flipped around again. Uh, young Jake Clifford in his final game for the Cowboys um, did some, uh, some wonderful stuff. And obviously, um, Val Holmes with the ice cold rocket at the end. Yeah, I, yeah, full credit. Uh, to Jake Clifford, you know, the way he handled himself and, you know, played for the club and put himself out there and you could see how emotional he was and yeah. he's moving on, but he still put that effort in. I thought that was really mature from him. Uh, Valentine Holmes, great play, but I haven't, I haven't seen, this is my point with Chanel Harris-DeVita, lovely kid, you know, been on the rise for a while now, doesn't get it with game management. They led by six points with eight minutes to go. He drilled it into the sideline 30 metres out. Then they ran it into a corner and he was – and I'm, I'm thinking – I'm looking at the scoreboard going, are they up six or down six? Or is it level? I'm not sure. Then they try for a field goal two minutes out with right in front. Didn't set up for it at all. Waited to the last play, which every field goal kicker will tell you ever that's kicked one. You don't wait to the last play. You go on the quickest one and you slot it. If they do that and they go up seven, the game's over. And the Warriors, now that's a tough one to take for the Warriors because that's a that was a gimme. Yeah, they had the they had them on toast and conceded some really soft tries to let them back into it and then threw it away with game management. I think Reese Walsh needs to be at six. Roger, you've been such a fantastic servant for the game. You don't need to give up your jumper just yet. You know, if the Warriors want to make the eight, it's going to be Walsh at six and, and RTS at one. Let's get your ball. Let's get the ball back. Let's get it set started. You know, they're not doing that at the moment for everything great Reese Walsh does. He's not bringing the ball back like Roger does. Mm. And I just feel like they're missing a trick there. And you can plan for next year all you like, but fans don't want to hear that. Fans want to see you trying to make the eight this year. So they'll really losing that game. They, that was yeah, hard to watch that game management at the end. Well, just on Reese Walsh, I find, I mean, you obviously watch this at a higher level than I do, but it looks like he's got a really well-developed passing game and he's a wonderful support player, which both translate well to the six, but he's not just his kick returns, but his positional play at the back seems a, a tiny bit off, you know, fielding kicks and that sort of thing as well. So you could probably solve a few problems putting him uh, in the in the front line and, and Roger at the one. Totally agree. He's only 18. He hasn't seen the best kickers. You know, he's been coming up against kids that kick it down his throat most weeks and yeah, he runs past them, steps a couple of guys, and he's playing phenomenal football and, and, and that passing game you mentioned. But positionally, he has been caught out. And I, I'd be filthy if I'm a Warriors fan and we're planning for next year when we've got a team that could make the eight this year. Like yeah. they, are, they can make the eight if, if their heads are screwed on. Adam Fanil Blake comes back. They can make the eight. I don't want to hear about next year for the Warriors. Mm, absolutely. Well, the first so they've been saying that for 20 years. Yeah. Warriors. Yeah. They've been saying next year, next year, next year, and it's it's now. This is the time now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Storm, huge win over the Brisbane Broncos to kick off the round, 40 points to 12 up there at Suncorp Stadium, a, a ground where they've got a, a better record than the Broncos, a better winning uh, record than the, the Broncos. Um, Nico Hines standing in at the back for uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. Too good to uh, to not be in first grade every week, I think we've got to say at this point. Uh, try a couple of try assists. You know, Brandon Smith, who's not even their first choice hooker, absolutely um, star of the show, a couple of tries at, at dummy half for him. You know, Jerome Hughes back from injury you know, and another guy who's been a, a makeshift in the past it's it's a phenomenal system they've got the storm great system and we spoke about the roosters before and and you know penrith to a certain degree they haven't had to go through it just yet but uh nico hines has come in and he's got so much time he just looks like an old school not cliffy lions type like but yeah those those guys the class guys ck that we've watched that just have time and he never rushes anything and when he has to come up with a pass he does when he holds it he holds it so uh he's been a fantastic find and his development and, and the opportunity he he got given an opportunity because pappenhausen's injured obviously but they don't look like they've, they've skipped the beat so uh, i've been really impressed with brandon smith the last couple of weeks he's had to sacrifice his rumble tumble down the middle yeah, you know, scattering pins and, and getting up and making a million tackles and trying to put hits on for the good of the team. And with no Harry Grant, he's had to play a little bit more patient. He's had to get other guys involved. He's had to work a lot harder. His fitness has had to be better. And he's done that the last two weeks. And he's been instrumental in their two wins. So, um, yeah, they're, they're a really good side. Um, I still have them slightly favoured if, if the grand finals played tomorrow. I know that's hard to hear for Penrith fans, but... I know what I'm going to get in the grand final from Melbourne. Uh, the lessons, it's easy to say that you learn the lessons, but you never know until the lights shine brighter. So uh, Melbourne, what a fantastic performance. Brisbane, man, I was disappointed, eh? Yeah. I honestly was disappointed. After last week, talk about, you know, pulling out the top shelf stuff last week and you get a chance to get a taste of it again this week. And, and they were like, nah, not tonight. Like it just that's that's the kind of feel it had. Like, nah, we don't feel like it tonight. Mm. Yeah. yeah and that's a reflection of their their they don't have any leaders, mate. They don't have mm. yeah, you know, Anthony Milford's been given three chances now. Now this is coming from a guy who got dropped and you know, spent my career in, in England, finished my career in England, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, once once that mentality creeps in, man, it's done. Yeah, you, know, you need to, you need to change the club. And, and Anthony Milford had that the other night, that his first kick, he didn't need to go inside out Torpy, tried to, shanked it, just needed to plug it down there, do what Tyson Gamble been doing, just kick chase. That's all they beat the Roosters on, kick chase, play out through the middle, make it a contest, Albert Kelly run the ball, and they had their chances. Mm. But can't have Albert Kelly, yeah. He struck lightning last week. It, it probably wasn't going to happen again against the, one of the better teams. It's a tough one for Milf, obviously. Tyson Gamble suspended, or he probably wouldn't have been back in the team. He's already been dropped twice this year. I just I don't know how you can sort of have any confidence as a playmaker in that sort of environment, but his head did not look to be in the game at all. There were some really wonky passes and kicks and, and strange options from uh, from Milf. Yeah, and yeah, usually you put that down to, you know, well, the kid tried too hard or this and that. It's just bad decisions. Just bad decisions from a guy... I, I, I don't know where he goes. Like, if he goes back, does he go back to Canberra? Do they try and pick you know, pick that back up? I don't know where the best fit for him is because everyone's not going to pay 600 you know, and 
Titans, do they do they roll the dice there with Fogarty? But they've already had Ash Taylor, so I think they'd be a little bit scarred by that sort of um, ignatic playmaker that can just sort of make things happen. But when it's great, it's great. When it's not great, it's a bit hard to watch. Anyway, uh, former True Blue Jamie Soward, some late breaking news before we let you go. The uh, Blues team has finally dropped a bit of a late um, disaster with uh, Tyson Frizzell rolling his ankle four minutes from mm. full time in that night's game. Tyson Frizzell has been left out altogether um, on the strength of this. So uh, for everyone listening, the team is James Tedesco at fullback, Brian Toto and Josh Adokar on the wings. So no Daniel Tupo, uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevich in the centres. Jerome Luai has earned the number six jersey. He starts in the halves with Nathan Cleary. Uh, Daniel Saifidi and Jake Travojevich are the two starting front rowers. Damian Cook retains the hooker jersey. Cameron Murray has been pushed out to an edge just given uh, the absences of some other edge players. Tarek Sims from the Dragons will be in the starting side. Uh, Isaiah Yo has earned the 13 jersey. That's a, uh, that's a huge tick from myself. The bench is Jack White in the utility. Junior Paulo, Payne Haas and Liam Martin from the Panthers gets a call up. I'd mm. imagine another beneficiary from uh, Angus Crichton and Tyson Frizzell both being out. Abby Coruscant, 18th man. Campbell Graham in the squad as 19th man. Um, Sal, so you, your first thoughts? Uh, I had it, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I had it pretty much as is. Uh, I had Jake on the bench. I think it, he'll start on the bench. Payne Haas will start the game um, for for Brad Fittler and try and get that base laid and then Jake will come on. But the only one I missed, I had Daniel Tupo. I thought they might have gone that size-for-size matchup with Xavier mm-hmm. Coates. Uh, but Brian Toy, you can't knock that. I'm not unhappy about that. I think his work rate... And getting the team out of trouble for Penrith's been exceptional. Um, the big key one, you know, there was whispers around uh, Jack Whiten being in the six. I think if Freddie watches that game last night, and, I, and I've been saying to people around the office, and, you know, <laughs> they, they say that you've got to have the Dahlia medalist there. Well, he, he's in the 14. You know, Jack Whiten's biggest strength is running, and he doesn't run the ball. His first three touches the other night were pass, pass, and then a kick. Mm. And now the kick got a repeat set, and people say, well, what do you want from him? He's 100 kilos, 102 kilos, and he's matching up against the halfback, you know, in Lachlan Lamb. Or last night he had Joey Manu and Joseph Suwali, two guys that wouldn't have defended together, not even at training probably, uh, and just pass the ball. Yeah, that, that you can't have that in origin. You know, Jerome Lewis is a playmaker. If Nathan Cleary is getting pressured, you know that Jerome Lewis has got a steady kicking game. He's got so many positives over Jack Whiten this year in terms of kicking game, he understands, you know, game management. He can put himself, he runs the footy, he's a competitor, and he's he's you ride that momentum. I just didn't think I didn't want Brad to or the Blues to go with White and put all that pressure on Jack to come up with those plays when he hasn't been doing it for the Raiders. Um, so uh, but it's interesting to see how that'll go. I'm so happy for Isaiah. Yo, I think yeah. that combination I said on, on my podcast, CK, a couple of weeks ago. New South Wales want to win the series. It had to be Yo, Cleary, and, and Luai as your as your link man and as your playmakers because those guys have been the best at the competition for two years, and that for me is enough. Is to know when Yo needs to dig into the line, when he needs to pass the ball, and Jake Trebojevic is a great Origin player, but he hasn't been Jake Trebojevic that we saw a couple of years ago, and and I've got an everlasting memory of him in 2018 maybe you'll know 2018 series when he starts with well, the game opens up he comes off the bench and he starts ball playing and Tom Trebojevic come off an edge and Tedesco's through the middle and it's like how good this boys 
You can't do that in the first 15, 20 minutes. That's Payne Haas. That's Saifidi. That's, you know, Brian Tottall territory. Get them to do that kind of stuff. Then when we get the benches on for Queensland and the game opens up a little bit, Cook starts getting out of dummy half, Trebojevic can start the ball play a little bit. So um, they can have a bit of a two-headed snake. But, I'm, yeah, I'm happy that uh, they've gone with the combination that they've gone with. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, you know, I'm nobody. I didn't play NRL, but for me, the the two decisions they had to get right was Jerome Luai in the six and Isaiah Yo at the thirteen. I think that, like you just said, the combination between the three of them, you know, the the telepathic connection between Cleary and Luai, the ability to run both sides of the field. I mean, the the thinking with Whiten was that he's been there before and he's a big body, soak up the early salvos. But in the fair dinkum department, if you start Whiten in the six and Luai's on the bench, how do you then get Luai into the game? You're burning an interchange twenty minutes in to get widen off the field or are you shoehorning Whiten into an edge back row roll and you know moving a Murray into lock so you can take a prop off like there's a lot of changes just to try and get Luai into the game for me if Luai is good enough to be your playmaker he starts the game let him and Cleary do what they do so well at club level in combination with Isaiah Yo, who I don't think gets anywhere near enough credit for how well Penrith are going with what he uh, does just all that little nitty gritty dirty stuff around the ruck and his linking yeah. game his passing game i think that was really critical to get right and I'm, I'm glad they have well you hit the nail on the head it's the it's the link it's the understanding the way penrith plays yeah cleary plays on the ball and Luai holds down his edge but when they actually split the middle uh field in the middle and and they go to an edge yeah, it's on Yo to make a decision whether to pass to the half or dig into the line, and then they reset and play the, the open side with two halves. So if Yo's if they're centre field and Cleary tips onto Yo or you know Luai tips onto Yo and he's looking to go at the back again, if it's not on, he lays outside that right post and Cleary has a quick look. Now nah, Edwards goes down short side and they link back seven and six, and then all of a sudden you got your two best ball runners in terms of halves maybe in the competition, linking up together, threatening the line, left foot step. And Luai's patience has started to really mature the last couple of weeks. You've seen him, has a look, no, nah, it's not on, bounce back around. And you you see how dangerous Tedesco is. You've got two of those guys at ground level that can move and shimmy and shake at the drop of a hat. You know, I, I think it's the perfect mix for New South Wales. I'm a lot more confident with Yo starting at 13 than I would have been if, if Jake had started at 13 and, and tried to manufacture what Penrith have. If, if they've got it there at Penrith, it's a plug and play. Yeah. You, hey, boys, how you going? Great. We had a couple of beers. Okay. Tomorrow we're going to have a look at a couple of things. Bang. Oh, yeah, this is how we do it. Oh, what makes Penrith so great? This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Bang. And that's similar to what we had at the Dragons. Now, we didn't win the series in 2011, but we had so many guys that he just picked us up and went, okay, well, these guys have been good for two years. Bang. In the state of origin. Bo Scott, me and Gaz, how do you want to defend? All right, Chucky, you are today. This is how we're going to defend. Yeah, great. Okay, we're not leaking tries to Greg this because you've got that combination, and combinations are so important in origin. Yeah, I agree with you on the wingers as well. I had Tupo a shade in front of Brian Toto just for his sort of aerial work and his size, but I can't argue with Toto being in the uh, the 17, given how good he's been. And I, What do you know, think of him being on the right, though? Look, are they going to play him on the left and let Luttrell and and the Fox cook, or are they going to, you know, put top? I think Toto will probably go on the right and match up against Val Holmes. Yeah. But is that, you know, I say to kids all the time, if you, if you pan yourself into one side of the field, practice both sides. So you would like mm. to think that Toto, it won't affect him too much. He'll be defending with Tom Trebojevic though. What does that combination look like? You know, left side yeah. of the winger on the right-hand side, fullback playing at centre. 
lot of pressure on Cleary to come up with those right decisions. Well, I think having Fox and Trell on that left edge outside Luai just screams a lot of points. And then Toto, he was on the right last year when... No, no, it's going to be Luttrell on that left edge. It will or it won't? I reckon it will be. Yeah, Turbo that's what I'm saying. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying Fox and Luttrell on the left edge with Luai. Oh, yeah, yeah and let them yeah. create points. And then Brian Toto, he was on the right for Penrith last year when Sauce was there. He just goes back to, he's played right wing before. He goes right wing outside uh, Tommy Turbo, marks up on Val Holmes, so he's not losing too much in the air. And yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I think that's a good that's a good matchup. Now, listen, before we go, is, is, have we got anything else to talk about? No, nope, we're done. We cannot let game one be at North Queensland. All right. <laughs> can't have – if you wanted to be fair, state of origin, you can't have two games back-to-back in Queensland and then the third one in New South Wales. It's never happened. It just doesn't work like that. What if Queensland never had the first before. two home games? That's it. I mean, we're not we'll play in front of no one. <laughs> That's exactly right. They were have the last – they had two games have in the last time. Amber or Perth or something. Get get on the plane. Go to Darwin for all I care. All right. cannot have it at North Queensland. Ridiculous. Throw your weight around, Sally. Make some phone calls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Please. Anyway, that's uh, thank you so much for joining us at late notice. Thanks for all the insights on uh, not just the games, but obviously the Blues Origin team as well. Uh, I think Freddie's got it right. I'm uh, very pumped for uh, the series opener on uh, on June 9. So we'll be back uh, this time next week to uh, wrap up round 13 and have a look ahead to Origin. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me.